Hey guys, it's Kenny here. Um, just great to have you guys on again. I missed you guys this last week. Um, we got a lot about today. Um, you know, I really want to get into the resources that I didn't get a chance to share last week. Um, but first, I really got to tell you about this crazy ass shit that I had to go through um, yesterday. So, um, man, this is crazy. So I had court yesterday for um, a no contact order against my ex. And so I go to the courthouse. She's obviously there. Um, she has some woman's advocate who's a douche. Um, not to say anything about women's advocates. I just haven't had good um, conversation with her, I should say. And I'll tell you what happened later. Um, so she's sitting there, and then she's there with her stepmom. And I'm like, oh, this is great. I walk right by them and um, go and sit down on the little pews that they have outside of the courtrooms. So I'm sitting there, and you know, you get this feeling sometimes that somebody's just staring at you, right? Like you can feel them looking at you, and every time I would look over, I would see this woman's advocate staring at me, and I'm just like, oh my God, like I don't know if I can handle this. And then I forgot to take my anxiety medicine today, or yesterday when this was going on, <clears throat> and I started feeling really anxious. I could feel it through my legs. I could feel it in my hands. I could feel it in my stomach. My hand, my palms started sweating. You know, those are my indicators for myself of the feelings I get of when I know that I'm starting to get really anxious about things. So my lawyer finally comes out after a little while, who I got a public defender um, through since I'm no longer teaching. Um, but we start talking and they had already talked to the judge and they had already planned things out that I was going to get some time served for a little stint that I had to spend in the hospital because um, I was court committed when I had to go there. So all I had to do was sign it. I did get charged with it as a simple misdemeanor of the no contact and I'm like, boom, I'm out. Like I'm leaving, I'm walking out the door and they're still sitting out in the the pew that's in the entryway of the hallway of the courthouse and first off like why the fuck did they leave and then the second thing is like i just want to be like yeah like right in their face but i know i can't so as i'm walking by i just throw up a peace sign and i keep walking and this woman's advocate goes you're a piece of shit and i'm like whoa but, you know, I hold back, and I keep walking, and I get outside, and, and this cop um, stops me and says that he saw what happened, and he's trying to tell me that I flipped him off. And I was like, no, dude, I swear, you can go back and look at, the, at those court cameras. I just threw up a piece of And he's like, oh, man, Kenny, like, I'm going to have to turn this in as a no contact again and i'm like what is going on man this is so crazy and i hope that a lot of the listeners that are listening think it is absolutely insane as as well um, and so they have to walk me back into the courtroom i go back into this little conference room and i just lose it like i was so anxious about what happened i came instantly depressed i came i became um you know I, I self-harmed myself for the first time that I really have ever done that. I slammed my head on the table in the conference room and then gave myself a couple of hard, hard right right hooks to the side of the head. And, um, you know, I probably gave myself a concussion, but I was 
gone. I was having a meltdown. It was, it was, I was genuinely hurt, crying, like, you know, sobbing, snot just coming out of my nose. It was like crazy. And I'm like, this is it. This is it. This is going to be the end. You know, I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is, I fucked up again. And I'm like, you know, the one way that I could do it if I was going to be gone and I don't want this to trigger anyone, and I don't want you to take this personally, um, but I was like, I could just drink until I didn't wake up. And yesterday, when I was when I was getting put in handcuffs to be arrested again on that milk contract, I was really feeling... It was... I felt like that was the end, you know? Um, but I start begging them, like, I need to commit myself, I need to commit myself, I'm not okay right now. And so they take me to the hospital, um, and they give me a shot of Ativan, and I, you know, I start to calm down, and I and I start feeling better. I was gonna have to face the music on this stupid thrown up peace sign, no contact, anyway, at some point. So my anxiety level had been to a point where it was a little bit there, but mostly gone. And so I asked them to go ahead and take me back to jail last night. So. They take me back to jail last night, and, you know, I'm thinking, like, man, dude, they're going to recognize Kenny. They're going to be like, dude, he's been here, like, 20 times in the last month, it seems like. You know, but nobody said anything, and uh, so I get booked in, and then they put me in the holding cell with the TVs, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, okay, I'm probably going to get moved upstairs to a bed until the morning, and then I don't, I, I ended up sleeping in these hard plastic chairs and on the floor for a while. And I was actually really surprised that I slept as well as I did. Cause I woke up this morning and I feeling pretty good. Um, so I go to court, um, and we're just there for initial appearances. And my social worker who is, a is, a angel from the heavens i mean she is the the most kind compassionate understanding person in the world um that i think anyway and so she had already talked to the county attorney that morning and so when i went in for initial appearance they actually let me out on a promise to appear so i didn't actually have to pay a a bond this time and just that i would um, come to my court date whenever it was. So I'm like, you know, just ecstatic about that. Now, you know, it sucks that it's another charge on me, but dude, I just, I am feeling so relieved that I'm just back out of jail, that I'm back at home right now. I have a lot of other good things going on right now, but we won't delve into that. But what I want to do is I want to just do a quick pause for an interlude and it kind of goes along with this story, so you'll uh, you'll get it once you hear it. I'll see you in a couple of seconds. This fight's up, yeah, I don't know the process, I'm a go-tongue, yeah, got me feeling so rushed, and I don't got the time to figure out, yeah, it's like all the bands in the back room, and to know that I'll be getting to the pack soon, I'm talking packing up my car, starting brand new. All right, and welcome back, guys. 
um, you know, obviously you can see the reason as to why I selected that song after that story that I just told you there. But the first thing I want to dive back into is I do want to get to those resources that I promised I'd share um, at the end of the last episode. The first one is check this out. It's a it's it's an app that you can get on any phone, iOS, Apple, or um, Android uh, type phones. It's called Meetup App, and they actually offer online uh, daily. Um, support group stuff. You can select from what kind of support you need. Like I decided to get into one that is um, complex conversation around childhood abuse. And I just want to kind of check it out and listen and see what they talk about and hopefully maybe share some things on the next episode. I think that's a really cool app called Meetup. Uh, and I apologize, guys, for that last segment there. It was pretty staticky. I'm really working on trying to get a better mic system. Um, right now, I had to go ahead and just unplug the mic and go through my phone. So if things sound muffled, I, I really apologize. Um, I do. And so the next one that I want to share with you is another online meeting group. And these have a lot of different groups. They have support groups. They have black community mental health support groups. They have substance use and mood disorder groups. I mean, there's a lot of things. There's friends and family. There's You'll just have to check it out. And the website is called De Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance. And it's it's their website is dbsalliance.org. And if you get on there, you can actually create an account. It's for you know young adults, veterans, people of color, um, caregivers, people that have uh, reoccurring substance abuse, and they have diagnosed with some um, mood disorders type of thing. So I really encourage you to check that one out as well. And um, I got to try to figure out how to get, like, comments on here in case anybody misses something because I don't want to, like, if I give a resource, I want to be able to let people have it. And then um, so those are two resources I wanted you to give you. And then the other one is uh, more information about um, – mental health disorders, and it kind of just goes through a lot of the things that um, I'm going to talk about on the podcast, it, so I may use this as a resource throughout the podcast to kind of amp things up with some research and things like that, but it get, like it has topics, like there's topics of depression, there's the topics of eating disorder, there's topics of HIV and AIDS, um, and then there's like things that they talk about that's treatments for them. Uh, the types of population it's for, they have clinical trials that are put on there, you know, I mean, it's just a, a pretty cool website that may have um, some, you know, some helpful, helpful resources for some people that maybe want to know some more information. Uh, it's called the National Institute of Mental Health, and their website is nimh.nih.gov. And again, it's the Mental Institute or the National Institute of Mental Health. So I encourage you guys to check that one out as well, just if you're looking for uh, more information and things like that. So uh, the next thing that I want to go through is just kind of talk about the following that I'm getting right now. Um, most of the following, which is about 70%, is my age. And 
you know, you, you, it's com- kind of common when you see that when people are thinking about mental health around those times because you're really in those middle stages of your adulthood. And you're kind of starting to see, like, shit, some, some stuff happened, you know. I, like, I went through some things. And so the most common age where some mental health conditions start to begin are around the age of um, 24. And, you know, the reason I believe that is because I think that as people get older, you go through that childhood, adolescence, and young adult age. Well, then you're done with high school and you move on to college, and college is its own beast itself. Like, that's, you know, that's why one of the reasons people start seeing mental health conditions at the age of 24 is because now you're done with college and you're like, shit, I'm an adult. What do I do? You know, there's so many things you have to learn about adulthood. And then when you have trauma that's already in you, that you're already living with, that you may or may not have been able to address or even know is there, um, then you get into adulthood and you don't have any more space in your brain to, to bring all these other things in along with it. So what you do is it's like, you know, over stuff in your laundry basket. When you get to the top and you keep trying to put stuff in it, all you're doing is just packing it in there, packing it in there, and then starting to overflow onto the sides and onto the ground. Well, that's what happens in your brain when you've lived with trauma and you didn't either know it was there or you never addressed it. And, like, for me, I didn't address it until May of this year, 2021. Um, I had to do, you know, I had to make a major life change and the the worst part about it is and you know I I hope I don't tear up on here often but I like to be vulnerable and be true and be honest about who I am um I hurt my ex by my mental health um I ruined my relationship with her I have a a nine-month, going to be a nine-month-old daughter uh, with said ex, and um, I haven't gotten to see my daughter in about over a month now, and that's been, uh, sorry guys, uh, probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Uh, You know, it sucks that I had to hurt someone that loved me, and truly loved me. I mean, I, my ex was the first person that I met that, you know, outside of all these other things that are going on that are hard, you know, she did love me, and I never let her in. I never let her in. And so when I didn't let her in, I still had a wall up inside of me, and, you know, Later on in the show, I'm going to talk about the four F's. There's uh, obviously, it's our response to trauma. And a lot of people know three of the F's, which are fight, flight, or freeze. And then there's a fourth one that I'm going to give you some more information on because I wasn't aware of either. It's called fawn. Um, But, yeah, we'll go into that. So, I mean, it's just, it's hard sometimes that, when you don't address things for so long that you don't have the mental capacity anymore to take on more things and and then it it, it implodes in yourself and 
explodes onto others. Um, so that, there's that. Uh, so don't be afraid to address things when you feel things that, that you're feeling that don't feel right. It's okay. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is I, I really want to increase the male population of listeners here. It's only 35%. Not that I don't um, enjoy that there's a lot of females listening. It's just that I feel like men are the ones that really need to open their mouths and speak up and be vulnerable about being okay, but, like, you're not okay. Like, it, it's okay that you can feel that way and be vulnerable and talk about it to whoever you feel safe with. Um, and if you have a spouse, that is supposed to be the person that you can go to, you know. And I, like I said, there's times where I may bring a little bit of spirituality into this and not like try to push it on anyone. But uh, when I was in the mental health unit for a stay, I actually decided I wanted to speak with the chaplain for a while. And um, so he basically gave me that rundown of the Adam and Eve story, right? Eve eats the apple from the tree God comes down and he's looking for Adam, and Adam's hiding because he's scared that he's going to get in trouble because Eve ate the apple off the tree. Well, he, I mean, God was mad. He was mad because they are one person. When Eve messes up, so does Adam. When Adam messes up, so does Eve. They have to continue to go through life as one person and be connected in that way, and that's how God intends marriages to be. And they are extremely hard. I have two failed ones that didn't even last a year. But, and a lot of that had to do with me not being a good person at times. It also had uh, with me and my mental health conditions and the fact that I shouldn't have been drinking while I had these conditions. Um, and so... When I was in the mental health unit, I decided that when I got out of the hospital, I was not going to drink, and I haven't drank for, um, you know, it's going on a month now because I got out of the hospital on, like, the 16th. So um, I'm doing solid right now, and yeah, I just want to give myself a, a round of applause real quick from the audience that's listening, and just they, they're excited right now. I can just tell I'm looking at them right now. Let's see, let's see, listen to him here. All right, wow, thank you. I mean, I did not know that I had the audience that could be so excited like that just listening to me talk about um, myself and mental health. But I'm going to go ahead and pause here for a second, let you listen to a short little interlude. interlude uh, today, this one's gonna, the first one's going to be Hello by Adele, and I'll try to kind of explain when I come back uh, why I chose that song.
Welcome back, guys. That's a good song right there. Um, you know, I haven't I haven't really listened to that song in a long time, but I heard it the other day. And I just kind of started listening to the lyrics and what it meant to me and how, how it made me feel on it. And my thoughts on it were, you know, my other side is I'm trying to shift this paradigm of my life to be just more positivity all the time, um, trying to just lead life with kindness and passion. Um, and, you know, it it also resonated in a way that I am letting God know that I've been calling out and I've been seeking help, and I want him to know that even though he may not always answer, I am trying my best. And so I hope some people really listen to those words and, and take it as an inspiration and not, you know, not as a loss. I think some people think that song is about, like, losing, a, uh, like, a lover or, or a significant other. Um, but I see it more as like positivity, like you're trying to get to the other side of something bad and you're calling out for help, but you're trying the best that you can. So let's go ahead and get back onto the topics that I wanted to talk about. Um, real quick, I'm not going to get too much into this. I'll just share, you know, who he is, what he says about there. There's a misconception between people call mental health illness. Um, and it's actually, there's a doctor called Christopher Palmer, uh, and he talks about how there's actually a difference between the two. It's actually mental health condition, and yet then you have mental illness. And he basically just states, because, again, I'm not going to get too far into this, because I really am trying to respect uh, people's times. And I only want to keep this to about 25 to 30 minutes the best that I can. So he talks that mental health condition is its own one lane. And that is like you're, you know, someone has depression, they have anxiety, they have bipolar, they have schizophrenia, they have PTSD. Like that is a mental illness. Like those people are going to live with that forever. Okay. That they can't get rid of it. Dementia is another one for older folks um, and for parents that you may have out there. That that's something that they're not going to be able to just get rid of. And so you have to respect that and 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 have some empathy empathy, empathy sorry uh, about that. It, it is an illness. They cannot get rid of it. The mental health condition is that like your social and emotional well-being might not be okay like right now and it's like how you feel and you act but like it's gonna go away and it and it just mental health is more like how you interact with others and handle problems like some people decide not to go be with around other people because they want to isolate because they can't handle being around other people some people don't know how to handle confrontation um, some people aren't good at decision making um, so that's what he describes. And I just want to add this little tidbit here that he has on, on his website. It's called, or not called, it says, neither one of these define the entire person. Also, although their symptoms may impair, impair their, their inability to do things, others are able to do, they still have areas of strength and comp competence Whenever we talk about mental health versus mental illness, it's always important to remember this. It does not 
define the person. Okay, and I'm just going to leave that there because I really want to dig into um, what trauma is. So, trauma by the APA, which is the American Psychological Association, they deem it as the emotional response someone has to an extremely negative event. My definition would be very similar, but I'll explain those feelings you may have if you've went through a traumatic event. I think of anxiety, fearfulness, irritability, and numbness, and then what kind of behavior comes after that traumatic event, which is going to lead us into me trying to share a um, example of the TBC or TB plus, TBC plus R um, acronym that I've come up with, and I kind of want to try to use that in a personal trauma story before um, I run out of time here. Uh, but the most common types of, of trauma that will be discussed in the, over the next several episodes are described as being um, PTSD, um, physical assault, sexual violence, child Sorry about that. I forgot to turn off all my notifications and my phone started ringing. Uh, but what I was talking about here was the different types of trauma that we're going to get into in other episodes. But for right now, uh, I just kind of want to talk about more um, what do we do when we encounter this traumatic event. So that's what brings up the the four types of trauma responses. They call them the four Fs. And that was what I was kind of talking about um, at the beginning. And I'm going to give you more of like how you can positively respond in these situations because we all know like, okay, if I can't handle a situation, I may fight this person. Okay, if I don't know how to handle this situation because of my trauma, I might flight. Okay, because of my trauma, I might freeze and then I'm not doing anything, right? So there's um, there's four Fs. We all know the three. The fourth one is called fawn. And when I get to the bottom of that one here, I'm going to start to talk about um, what that means. And I think that you can maybe use your own insight and kind of think of what that might mean uh, without me going, you know, too in depth on it. So let's talk about talk about the first one, the fight response. Okay. What are some positive ways that we can respond to a fight response when we have a trauma occurrence or trigger that happens? Well, first, you can establish firm boundaries with people and yourself. Be very assertive, like this, if you, this is a trigger for me. This is causing me to get anxious, to talk about and tell the person what you're feeling so that they can understand. Um, find courage. So, like, instead of wanting to fight, find the courage to speak up and just, like, explain that I'm not okay. Uh, become a strong leader. Be a leader about things. So, like, for me, right now, a positive way to fight my trauma responses are I'm trying to bring mental health awareness through this podcast. And I feel like that's being a leader in a voice for many people that I know that either one, I know personally that they have some mental health 
conditions or two, I know some people that may have some issues that maybe they don't even know, or I mean, people in general don't know. So um, you have to lead in some way. And my, my way of leading right now is bringing this to you and trying to bring awareness. And, and, if, and, and when I think about leader and mental health, um, it, it should be, you should also be an advocate and speak up and speak out about mental health. Uh, protect yourself. It doesn't mean that you have to fight, but you should protect yourself when you get into that traumatic response. It doesn't have to be a fight, but if you are being in that situation, protect yourself. Okay. Next one is the flight response. How do we positively help when we have this stress? Disengage from harmful conversations. So ask for the conversation to stop, but you have to understand that the conversation has to be had at some time still. Uh, leave on healthy relationships. I honestly had to do this to, to stop the, the flight response. The way things got, the, the, as bad as it got, I just, I had to be, the, the relationship had to be done. Remove yourself from physically dis, dis dangerous situations. So when you can sense that things are dangerous, and you can feel the shift of what's going on, that is where uh, you need to move yourself away from it. And then make sure you properly assess your danger. Like, are you really okay right now? Or is this not a situation that I should be in? And do I need to leave? And you need to make sure that you communicate with that other person that you need to stop this conversation or you need to leave this dangerous situation. Okay, so the freeze, a healthy way to look at it when you have a traumatic response. Have mindfulness about what is going on. So like be, and the next one comes right into play in this, be aware, like be mindful of the other person not understanding that what you may be going through. Be mindful of your surroundings, of who's around you. Like is this a place where I need to get these things out or do I just need to pause and breathe for a moment and then see where I'm at and then just be aware be aware of how it makes you feel in that moment that you feel like you're going to freeze up and you're not going to talk about it you just have to be aware of how those feelings are and then again a lot of these things come down to communications of, of, of who you're speaking with or the situation you're in and then full presence in the moment. And this is a hard one. Like you have to be fully present in that moment. You're there. You're aware of the, sen the everything that's going on. You're aware of your feelings. You're aware of the sensations that you're having. That's being present in the moment. Okay, so let's talk about um, that, that fawn response. And okay, so this is going to be a little bit longer because I'm just going to give a short like definition of, of where I got the the research from uh, on the four trauma responses, which is from Life, Life Stance Health. And it says that fawning is the least known traumatic experience, and it's primarily related to people-pleasing. People so if you're a person that like feels like you have to make the other person feel good or like you have to, you have to like apologize, 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 or say, you know, like, will you forgive me? You know, it's like, bowing down and asking for forgiveness. 
um, individuals who lot, that spend a lot of time around t toxic people sometimes can learn to go above and beyond to make the toxic person happy. So like you're neutralizing the threat to make them happy. Uh, and how they said it can possibly be great in some ways is think of this example. If you throw a piece of meat at a dog that's chasing you, the dog will at least stop and sniff the meat. So it gives you, it, it distracts them long enough for you to use your flight response and get out of the situation in a healthy way. Okay? So you please them a little bit and then get out of it so that you're not in that situation anymore. And that can be very difficult for some people. So what are some healthy ways that you can do this um, when you're having a, a fawning response? Have compassion for the other person. Like genuinely care about that other person. Find compromises. Um, that requires communication again. Active listening. So really actually listen to what the person, and I struggle at, I, I struggle at communication and I struggle at actively listening. The other thing that you need to be able to do for fawning response is fairness. So like, is this fair right now? Um, is this fair to you? Is this fair to um, them? Is it fair to the individuals that are involved in this? If you're thinking about that when you're doing your fawning um, response, then you're, you're really think you're processing about what could happen next, okay? We're going to go ahead and pause here for another interlude song, and this one's going to be called There's No Such Thing as a Broken Heart. I wonder if Jack and I had ever made it After the drums and the guitars all faded Was the best they could do good enough? Or did the heartland just swallow them up? How did my mom and my dad ever do it? There were struggles and we never knew it I guess they had each other And that was enough You know you can't keep the ground from shaking No matter how hard you try You can't keep the sunsets from fading You gotta treat your life like you're jumping off a rope swing Baby, cause the whole thing's really just a shot in the dark You gotta love like there's no such thing as a broken heart Welcome back, guys, and uh, that's a great song, and the reason I chose that song is really because of, there's a positive side um, in that song. It's that, one, you know, we got to keep our chin up. There, we can't get knocked down so easily. We have to learn how to be stronger. We have to learn how to be able to keep, um, keep going when things get tough, and I know that's a tough road to get to, um, but the other thing was, at the very end there, you know, you got to, you have to love like there's no such thing as a broken heart, meaning that we have to live our life with compassion and vulnerability. We have to allow people into our lives that feel right. And I'm not saying that it has to be erratic behavior and you have to go out and try to meet all these people just to see who clicks and whatnot. But what it means is that when you start having feelings for someone that are strong, strong feelings, you need to be able to be vulnerable and not put so much pressure on yourself to think that it's going to end badly. Um, and I just want to leave you with this because we're getting close to the end of time here. Uh, this is a quote that I really, really love, and I want it to leave you with some, some positivity. Um, bad chapters can still create great stories. 
wrong paths can lead can still lead to the right places. Failed dreams can can still create successful people. Sometimes it takes losing yourself to find yourself. And I just want everybody to really take that and I want you to, to run with it and just love living your life and know that we whatever runs in your way, you can run through it and you can get over it and you can, regardless of if you get knocked down, you will get back up and you will continue to keep trying. Well, you know what that bell means, guys. So this is Kenny. Until next time, thank you for taking time out of your day to listen, and I'll see you next time on the Stories of Kenny.